0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons and this is Reset. For all their glitz, glamour, and beautiful moments, restaurants are notoriously difficult places to work, especially kitchens. They can be hot, dangerous, and require 12-hour shifts. Working through back, knee, hand, or wrist injuries is common. In the fall, we saw several months of record high rates of people saying enough and leaving the hospitality industry. So what will it take to keep workers and shift the culture of working to the point of exhaustion? Bo Fowler, chef and owner of Owen and & Engine, and Bishi Beer has been wrestling with this question and working to change the culture in her restaurants we'll hear from her shortly but first Josh Knoll who covers the restaurant and bar industry for the Chicago Tribune sees a lot of disturbing
0: trends yeah the restaurant industry is a brutal industry one thing that's really interesting to me about that is the dynamic of restaurants themselves and the experience that the degree to which it is a difficult and emotional and incredibly physically taxing industry is very much meant to be out of the consumer you because we go to restaurants for an experience and to relax and to eat and to be treated well and you know that kind of stuff but the stuff happening behind the scenes the the lifting and the heat and the you know dipping your hands in buckets of bleach and slippery floors and sharp knives I mean all that is is very far removed from our experience but it's what's happening on you know the other side of the wall and uh, and it makes for a very difficult industry to operate in and to work in and the the pandemic has really pulled back the curtain on a lot of that. Yeah.
1: Well, Chef, dare I ask, what was a normal work week like for you before the pandemic?
2: For me, it was a little unusual in that we had, you know, very, very shorthanded, which is not unusual, but I was also opening Bishi at the time, and um, where we had opened, and we were under a lot of budgetary constraints because that had gotten kind of out of control as far as going over budget, so I was just, you know, just kind of this weird mentality that if I work harder and my people work harder, we're going to somehow dig ourselves out, and so, you know, a normal work week for me would start at 9, and I would check in with people over at Bishi, and then I would, by 2 o'clock, run over from Bishi over to Owen and Engine, and I would work service up until we closed. I would try to leave, you know, earlier, but at that time, almost daily, somebody didn't show up. So if everybody showed up, I would probably leave around 11 p.m. If, if one of our dishwashers didn't show up, then that meant 2 a.m., where mm-hmm. Because every, you know, dishes don't normally take till 2 a.m. But if we're working service and then doing dishes at the same time, because someone didn't show up, then then we would leave at 2 a.m. and then we'd start the day over again. So that's not typical. That was just my pre-pandemic schedule for a while. Yeah. Now, you know, it depends on the day for working brunch or not. You know, a typical day, it's a luxury. It's 12
1: hours. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll um, get into some of those adjustments uh, that you made, but I, I want to stay back in 2020, if I may, uh, Chef. You, you had a quintuple bypass. Mm, yeah. how, how did that shift your perspective on work?
2: You know, it was one of those things where back when we closed, uh, you know, the three restaurants, I sat there, and I felt awful. I, I think I was sick. I just didn't really put much thought into it. I'd previously had chest pain, and I just really thought it was anxiety and, and indigestion, to be honest. Oh, wow. And I kept on going. and But I knew on some level that I was sick because I kept saying, okay, if I die, just roll me into the freezer and keep going, honor me by Keep going, you know. Yeah. And so it you know, it's that mentality was a joke, but kinda not a joke about just surviving and yeah. keeping keeping it all going. So when I then had nothing to do, when three restaurants closed, you know, I had I had a heart attack and I thought to myself, This is crazy, I could have died and it, it kinda took that jarring moment to to yeah. shake myself out of is it really you know, really worth it. And mind you, I'm one of the chefs that really love what I do. So it wasn't... Yeah.
1: But, that's, but a, a heart attack is, is quite the wake-up call, Chef. Josh, bars and restaurants, they've made big adjustments and big shifts during the pandemic. And Omicron and the vaccine mandate have added yet more adjustments and, and shifts, right? Are you hearing other people say, you know, why would we take on these cultural shifts right now when we just need to survive?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a real tricky moment. Restaurants are having another real brutal winter uh, across the board. And a lot of places are still struggling to hire. It seems that hiring is, has gotten better from where it was about a year ago when it was real hard. But restaurants are struggling to survive again, and they're struggling to hire again. And that's sort of on, on the front burner. And then these sort of cultural questions, I think, are sort of hovering out there. And uh, changes are happening where they can, but it seems like the, the biggest change, and you know, one that I, I don't think anyone will argue is a bad thing, is that uh, restaurants are paying their people more. Uh, yeah. That's the one thing that they can do and frankly have to do right now to be competitive yeah. and to, if they want to, folks to keep come their back. doors open, even at a challenging time.
1: Absolutely. So, so Chef, tell us what you are trying to do differently now, moving forward, how did you shift?
2: We are paying more for the kitchen, so we. The, it was always that you know, this a given. The front of the house always made twice or sometimes three times more than the kitchen. Kitchen always kind of worked longer hours, so they might get time and a half, but or they would have two jobs. You know, so that that was a common thing for kitchen people to survive. So, definitely, we have started paying 30% more across the board in the mm-hmm. kitchen.
0: You're getting you're like getting consecutive days off, off too. You yeah, know,
2: PTO instilled, time off for sick leave. We used to. What do you mean you have a cold? You have to work. Uh, so now that is, that's a whole different ball game. You know, we. <laughs> for sniffle, <laughs> you're you not working. Yes. And we we pay for that. We did not even have PTO. So I implemented, we're just closed at both locations two days a week. Then I know for a fact that they are taking two days off.
1: Yeah. And I'm it?
2: not going to lie, in the last couple of weeks, because we just opened Owen, it's been more of a struggle to get everybody their two days off. And you understand that even with four days, they're still at 48, 50 hours for the week. Right, because their
1: days are long. How is mm -hmm. the staff responding to you even making these adjustments?
2: You know, believe it or not, I have this super dedicated kitchen staff. So... I had two of them fight me <laughs> because I told them yesterday, starting this week, you're down to four days a week, and they they are telling me that they're fine and they, they can't possibly get everything ready if they work four days a week. Mm. You know, so, you know, it is, it's so embedded. And I am also seeing this kind of cultural shift for a lot of people and that they're really trying to analyze even if this industry is right for them. You know, we just had... A young man told me he was having an existential crisis, literally used use those words, and said that he can no longer bartend. And so I think people are going through this kind of, like, is it actually worth it for them? I don't know.
0: Right.
1: So. Well, well, Josh, what are you hearing from, from restaurant staff uh, in, in general about what it's been like this winter?
0: Things were actually going pretty, and actually Bo said this too, when she and I talked, we spent hours talking for the article I, I wrote on her. She said things were going along pretty well before Omicron. And this winter might have been reasonably okay for restaurants. You know, for a lot of them, winters are tough anyway. But then in a pandemic and then adding Omicron on top of it, uh, it just sort of slammed things to a halt. Uh, The vaccine mandate uh, helped some and didn't help others, but it doesn't seem to have had really as much impact as just, frankly, the weather and Omicron, and it's a, uh, more than one restaurant owner has said. I am just waiting for April at this point.
1: Yeah, I bet. You know, chef, are, are there any shifts in perspective that you you think it would be helpful for the customers to make?
2: Yeah, I, I think everyone has COVID fatigue. You know, when we had to shut down for two weeks because portion of the staff had gotten COVID. You know, they, it was just kind of one of those final blows we're just going how many times are we going to shut down
1: Yeah, but, but customers um, but customers will probably have to get used to paying more
2: right oh yes adjusting for you know the market i yeah yeah There's, for sure you know, we have to charge more and it's not just for labor it's also our supply chain is out of you know it's out of control i was talking to a vendor the other day and even truckers are reassessing you know do they mm-hmm. want to be on the road for a week or they take shorter routes yeah. so you know we're just all of a sudden one day you just don't get repeating yeah prices <laughs> are up all around the life that we lead lead is that we look at our invoices we used to be able to rely on at least of our products coming in, it's no longer the case, you know. I would say a good 25% just doesn't make it in and you have to make do. For sure.
1: Well, Josh, this is a food and drink loving town. So do you think that uh, customers are going to understand these higher prices? (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's a tough one. I mean or they'll you, have you know, no choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean you say will they understand masking? Will they understand back mandates? I mean, yeah, and the answers to those things are yeah, but it comes down to people's pocketbooks, right? That's a whole different ball game. I think what you I think you answered it. Yeah. They they're, they're really not gonna have a choice. I think a lot of it is gonna depend on messaging from the restaurants and the relationships that the restaurants are able to forge with their customers. Bo and Owen and Engine in particular have a really deep relationship with their clientele. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, their messaging there can work to explain why her burger that used to cost 18 bucks now costs 22 bucks. Uh, Not a cheap burger, but it's a really good burger. And if you talk with Bo for 45 seconds, it it makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just think that conversation is going to have to be there. I've written about that a little bit. I mean, a year ago, it was clear that the prices of Dining out, we're going to go up and we're probably going to stay up. And some people have argued, a lot of people have said, you know what? They were artificially low before. They need to go up. Uh, And that's the reality we may now be in.
1: The Great Resignation is the canary in the coal mine, telling us that the workplace must become more humane and equitable. To hear more about trends in the future of work, please subscribe to this podcast and please give us a rating. It helps people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening and come back tomorrow.
0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.